Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Good morning. Hey, there he is. You're on the wrong mic. <laughs> no, I'm not. You sure about that? That's what it says. It says I'm on the right mic. Well, you sound tinny. Mm, that's weird. You don't have that, that warm sound like you do. No, that other mic is unplugged. So here, let me just switch real quick. Switch it back. How's that? Is that any better? Still tinny? Still kind of tinny. Hmm. You've been messing I, with I, your EQ? I, I've, been re I've been replaced with a mechanical man. <laughs> no, no, nobody could replace you. That's I've been awesome. re replaced with a mechanical man. My job has been outsourced to AI. Well, which... your job could be, but your intelligence couldn't be. So no, you know... Yeah, AI is not going to take my job anytime soon. No, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> mm. it, ha it has to be programmed anyway. So, Look, I mean, they got, they got to send it to the data set and learn your vocal habits. And all well, you know, Kurzweil has updated his numbers, right? He says we're going to have a, a general intelligence or AGI by um, 2029. Wasn't it 2040? No, it's 2029 now. Yeah, but wasn't it 2040? Uh, was it? I thought it was 20. I thought uh, it was 2022 or something like that. Because oh, he's he's pushing the schedule back. You know, oh. it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like end of the world is nigh. <laughs> well, the end of the world's been nigh for what 800 years, a thousand years. Uh, uh, believe me, <laughs> it goes back much further than that. Yeah, exactly. Well, the end of the world is nigh, right? Because we have the hunkening happening. I bet you're so proud. I bet you're just. I am very proud of my Canadian brethren. With? Uh, you know, it just made it just made me think of the best way to handle these bozos is to just do that kind of ridiculing, right? Because they absolutely hate ridicule, don't they? Yeah, it's one of their best weapons. Yeah, they use it often. They use it often, but it's it's one of their best. Mocking, well, it goes back to what I was saying. Ad hominem attacks is the first line of defense for any, basically any liberal I've ever met. It's like, he's a jerk or yeah. he's an asshole. Or, I mean, you know, slander, slander, slander. So. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the whole shutting them down with a honk kind of thing. Yeah, right? but <laughs> what, like... what I'm saying is they didn't go at, they didn't, they didn't go after them and say you're a bunch of jerks or something. They just started honking the horn and shut down the noise. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying is that uh, you With have noise. these you have these liberals on the one hand who say, "Well, listen to my reasoned argument as to why this should be." <laughs> I could just imagine that kind of that kind of discourse, right? Where they're just like, "I don't, you know, shut up, right? <laughs> I'm going to blow. I'm going to so drown so you out with my horns." <laughs> this is this is where Aristotle comes. This is where Aristotle comes in, and this almost goes to your directed reality. Mm -hmm. Is Aristotle says that argue from na from nature first, right? So you have to start with nature or an observation of nature to ground your argument into the natural world, right? Most of the stuff that we're dealing with is an opinion. At some point, They're, they don't start with an observation because those are anomalies. Uh, you know, they can't make they can't make general uh, conclusions based on anomalies. So but they there's no way with, they can reconcile their worldview with nature. I know. That's why I try, that's why I try, keep trying to say is that the, the systems and things that they're trying to impose upon us are unnatural, right? Which is or, which is interesting because if you think about it, the whole the whole movement so, sort of started from from the opposite of that. Like they wanted people to go back to nature and back to be back to be more interconnected with nature but now we're separating ourselves even more from nature by denying things like biology right so you're going you're going all the way back to the 60s with, with the hippies well let's say let's start it there no can we start it there where, where well, should we can, start you can when, go when back further start, than that you can when go did back we start to... looking at at nature and saying 
natural things are better than artificial things. I mean, we've we thought that that forever since since artificial things started becoming well, you go back, a you, thing. So you go back to the romantic the romantic poets. But actually, what I was thinking about was the Kellogg Institute, where mm-hmm. they the he had so much money, he put together this uh, what do they call it? Um, not a conclave, uh, a uh, co-op. No, that's mm-hmm. not it either. It's a hippie word, but I, I and you and I both commune? know it, but I can't. That's it. Commune? That's it. Commune. <laughs> and and tried to you know live off nature and close to nature and all that kind of stuff because he felt like and wait think about what it was like eighteen eighties eighteen nineties how how close how much closer we're to we we were to nature in eighteen ninety than we are now. Yeah, we're so removed from nature now. It's 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 insane but see this is the thing it's like isn't there a dichotomy there i mean does did the leftist movement originally want to go back to a more natural existence so i would say that you need to kind of pull that out like i did and say the romantic movement wanted to do that Mm -hmm. the leftist movement came about after marx Mm. and marx did not nature was not a part of Marx's thing. He no, in fact, everything it. he's done is sort of anti-natural or it's unnatural. Pretty much. Yeah. Except, I mean, he goes after the hierarchy and, mm-hmm. and, and that stuff, which is a natural thing. He and, But he wants to replace it with his own hierarchy. So, yeah, so, so, so it's natural in a way because he's, he's admitting that there's a hierarchy. Yeah. But he wants to tear down that hierarchy and just replace it with a new hierarchy. Not that there's yes. no hierarchy. Right. Because that's what that's what some of these people have figured. They think somehow they've gotten this image into their head is that socialism is no hierarchy, right? Where where did they get that? I can, where did they yeah, get they. I don't know where, but it, I mean, it, it, that kind of goes with what I see is people hate prioritizing. Mm. They really, they really, it's work. It's it's the. They do like surface level comparisons, mm-hmm. but when they have to prioritize, it moves it to a much higher level. This is preferable to that. And this is why, because you almost always have groups will say, well, why is this better than that? And I don't even like the word better, but you have to live with it because it's, it's the thing back in the 90s when it was best. This is the be- best practices. Oh, I hated that oh, term. God. <laughs> Best practices. I'm like, how do you know it's the best practice? You know, and I'm like, this is a marketing term. This is this is BS to like uh, we we know this is best. How do you know? They never yeah. told me how they knew. They just yeah. said it was. Yeah. The one that the one that we should have used is robust. Mm-hmm. Robust practices. Now it works in many different situations, and that's what we should have gone after instead of best practice, which meant somebody was selling it to you. Right. But robust, but best practices sound so much better, doesn't it? It does. It's like robust the is absolute best that the, thing that you can do. But be, best practices have the, have those been debunked now? The whole concept of best practices. I so I certainly hope I did my part because I'm like, <laughs> I used to. Oh man, on uh, back back in the, this was this really was this was nineties type stuff. I didn't hear it too much. Let me think. I heard it into the two thousands. People still use the term. I don't, I didn't, I don't remember hearing it too much at NASA, which was surprising because mm-hmm. NASA's like the, the, um, for a lot of the stuff that happens, has happened in the organizations for the last 30, 40 years, NASA was the proving grounds for lots of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. Culture, or, uh, culture studies all came out of NASA, leadership culture and all this kind of stuff. NASA was on the front end of that stuff. Yeah, it sounds like they were I experimenting mean, I, with all this stuff, weren't they? They were. They were because they were trying. They were trying. I think they were trying to become a, more like a Taylor, a Taylor's management practice. Mm. And I mean, I'm, I'm not sure whether I still have it or not. There is a um, there the 360. So this is this is a true. This is what they told us. Mm-hmm. They hired. Uh, uh, what Earhart, some something Earhart, who was a leading edge organization development practitioner back in the seventies. They hired him to put together a three hundred and sixty 
uh, leadership tool. Mm-hmm. So they were one. If they weren't the first, they they were right in the like right in there, like mm-hmm. really early, early. So as other organizations started picking up on this thing, the, the salesman would call. And what they said, no, no, we've already, we had a 360 for years. What we have is the, is the 570. <laughs> true. Oh, it's a true. Okay. Story. Okay. And the 570 is, and, and that, what that was, what that was for is to shut down the salesman. Mm. Mm. But they had that 360 that they had, we call it now. I well, know that they're, they're called multi-rater instruments. I think is what they call it. So, um, so, so how do they get to 570? 570 is, is not two spins around the dial. No. 570 is what? It's like, like it's, 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 it's one quarter less of two, two spins, I think. Okay. And so what is that? You're, you're just going off to the left then. You're going, well, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a number. It's, you got to remember that NASA places numbers and acronyms like nobody's business. Uh, <laughs> But there's no meaning to it. Well, they just picked a number. Exactly. That's randomly... what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the place with numbers and acronyms. Like nobody's, been, there's no meaning to them. Yeah. Um, we had something, I, and I hated this. Probably one reason I'm not at NASA anymore because I hated it. It was a weekly exercise called weekly notes, mm-hmm. which we documented what we had done the week before. And they were supposed to roll it up to the management. So the management could pick, you know, this is best, uh, I'm, I'm going to use the term best practices, even though that's not what they were saying. What they were saying is they were going to use it to identify something that's unique happening down in the organization and see if they could use it across the organization. Well, so it's almost like a suggestion box or, or, or. Oh God, or... you got that. You hit the other one. I'll hit that. I'll hit that one in just a minute. <laughs> So these well, things, notes. so they were supposed to roll up. They, you, you, they start with the individual contributor, which would have been me. And they go up to our manager and then they go up to the director and the director rolls it up to the center director and the center director supposedly rolls it out. Well, I never, I never saw anything coming out of our department. I mean, we're, oh, we're, human resources got to be at least one good idea in five years no no never never no of course not because it's just a um we're soft we're the soft we can't prove anything we're we're the soft science it's not just that it's just it's to give off the appearance that they care (laughs) it's it's to give off the appearance that they give a shit now you brought the (laughs) suggestion box in yeah so let me tell you the story behind this Suggestion box at NASA. You, we had one. We didn't know how to get to it, but we had one. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was supposed to work is we were there was supposed to be a committee behind it that would vet all these things so that you know all the trash stuff would get would would get closed down. And they were supposed to get back to the person that suge- suggested it, and there was like a bounty or something attached to it. Like right. if they were selected as hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever. Um, but to get through the committee took a year and a half to two years. Mm-hmm. Suggestion boxes are not meant to wait for that long. It no. took them that long to do it. And the thing was, is that I'm, I'm sure they had so many suggestions. They could, once again, they got to, they couldn't prioritize. Yeah. So they just, they just slow roll them all. all until, so really until, I, tell me more about this. People hate prioritizing. Why, why is that? Like where because they get that from? It's mental work. It's it's mm. actual mental work. We're I believe we're mentally lazy because it is a huge drain on energy. I mean, do you think all the time, or you when you disconnect, what are you doing? I'm always thinking, man. Oh, stop it! <laughs> if you're always thinking, we're going to turn you into Watson and make a hell of a lot of money. This is why I need an a, This is why I need an AI to replace me because yeah, I'm spending too much time AI, thinking. Yeah. But <laughs> no, but it's like it's interesting. You should match. So, you so we say use short, so think about it. Okay, we use shortcuts. We we like we like um, we don't like to reinvent the wheel, which brings up another. And that's thing. why that's why we sort into hierarchies. Well, it that's how sense. the hierarchy kind of evolved with that. 
So you think about this as the as the guy who started with the rock. We'll start with the who used a rock to hit a prey or 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 we'll we'll go with prey before it turns into a weapon. Okay. Uh, I mean a um, anti-troglodyte weapon. I'm not talking about hitting the other troglodyte. I'm talking about a deer or yeah, yeah. So like they use it to they stone. use it to kill game or whatever. Right. Yeah. To, the to first get, person to get that food. does that. Yeah. is going to be at the top of the pyramid because he knows how to do it. Now, it might not be, I mean, it takes a little practice to learn how to do all this. I couldn't have a deer with a stone. Uh, so it's kind of like that scene from 2001, Space Odyssey, where yeah. the monkeys are beating each other's brains out. And right. it's like the top monkey who does the most beating is the one who wins because they've shown the physical prowess and everybody else has become subservient. Well, uh, if I remember right, he also picks up a bone and crushes somebody's skull with it, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what he does. He he, tool. he picks up the bone and he starts using it as a tool. Well, he and uses that as a weapon. But as a weapon and a tool. He doesn't know it as a weapon. It's, yeah. and it's an advantage. But it, 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 in that moment, you see the differentiation, the hierarchy. They, he moves up. That right. monkey moves up a level in the hierarchy because everyone else considers himself subservient to that monkey because they're because of the fearful strength of right. what he can do to them right so that that is the <laughs> that's the visual beginnings of hierarchy but we, we we've always so i mean that's what P, jordan peterson said he said he says we have hierarchy hierarchy there's hierarchy in nature right right so you can't you can't look at humans and say oh we can lim- we can eliminate hierarchy we can't eliminate hierarchy because that's a natural thing well, right. think about okay. So let's let's go the other way. How we've tried to eliminate it. We tried to dumb it down, but they all they do is they slip back to their old habits. To get rid of the, the hierarchy, we would have to think different. I mean, when I mean think differently, I mean really think differently. We'd have to be outside and and start from scratch. We couldn't start with anything that we already knew. We would have to. Uh, this is almost like um, uh, audio, audio. You would have well, to I, go do the, it, the ethnographies and stuff to see actually what is working instead of what evolved or what we rely on to work. Well, I would argue that we haven't, like you, like you said, what you said a second ago is we've tried to eliminate it. Have we really? Have we really tried to eliminate hierarchy? Or is it just no, the same Marxist, Marxist thing I, where I just, wanna, I just want a hierarchy that's, that works for me? Right. Has anybody well, actually tried to literally eliminate hierarchy anywhere? Well, I, I, when you throw the word literally in there, I don't know. <laughs> Has anybody actually tried to well, eliminate that's actually hierarchy? Well, actually is the same thing. It's okay. like Has anybody tried literally. to eliminate hierarchy? <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, so have they tried? Eliminate is probably not the right word. Replace is certainly one. They've tried to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's one, there's still, we've talked about uh, Zappos and Holacracy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I've kind of lost track of that. I used it's to another kind it of hierarchy, close. though, isn't it? Is it I'm not a... sure. I don't know enough about it. I, I know it's flat. Uh, so if, they, if it's as pure as what, it, it's as flat as any organization that I know of can get. Um, but I would have to go there and see what they're doing because if they are doing self-reports, then there's a lot of this stuff that happens and you it's it's embedded. You have to really, really pay close attention to how it happened, how it's yeah. being done. Yeah. And but you, I don't you think... need an outside force to do that. Well, didn't uh, uh, didn't the founder kill himself? Did he? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I've lost track of it. So I, sure. I think he, I think he killed himself, or he OD'd, or something like that. So that's we, we don't know if he had some kind of mental <laughs> issues or whatever. You're, now you're talking about the founder of Zappos or yeah. Holacracy. Yeah, the founder of Zappos, who founded Holacracy, did he not? Isn't no, it the same? I don't think dude? so. I think he bought. I think he brought that in. Oh, okay. Well, I, think, I, I still think you know it might be a flat organization, but there's still a hierarchy. I don't think there's. I think you still have to have leadership. Right. There's got to be some kind of leadership because human beings like to be led. I think it falls back to the laziness thing. Right. They don't like to they, they don't like prioritizing and they like to be led because they just don't want to make the hard decisions to be able to move forward. That's why it takes a special kind of person to sort of lead an organization, because they've got to make those difficult decisions that no one else wants to make. 
right? Well, they got to, yeah, they got it when they make them, they get to carry the consequences probably better than most of us do. Right. I mean, I mean you know, um, we get, uh, I guess you could say a quarterback is, would be a good one is they have to, when they pull that trigger and throw the ball or hand it off or whatever play is called, they're the one that carries the consequences of the play. They're, uh, a really good one is um, Garoppolo. And they're, they're, even though he took them to a championship game, they're thinking about replacing him because he can't take them to the next level. Mm. Yeah. So leaders are, are just used and discarded. Well, the, the funny thing, this, is, this goes back to what years and years ago when I'm thinking about this. We fire, we fire the person, the, the quarterback, but it's the team around him that stays. Why don't they get rid of the team and keep the keep the leader that they think is good? Because it's expensive. That's why. Yeah, it's all it's all down to uh, resources again. Yeah, that's so, the reason why people do things. So, so we haven't talked you know, about realism. Let's talk about the realism. What we're kind of talking about. It. So <laughs> realism. So yeah. I so I was thinking about it. I was thinking about this directed mm-hmm. directed realism. Yeah. Who tells you which direction? Who who gets to let, who gets to set the direction? Well, it's part of what you were saying before, where you say where you talk, study the natural world, right? So like, the directed realism is the study of the natural world. Well, no, no. You look at the natural world. You study the natural world and go, "This is reality," right? So you could go out and go out into the natural world, go out into the desert or wherever there's no humanity, wherever people untouched by people and say, this is the natural world. So this is what we're seeing is reality because it's been untouched by people. That is reality. And then you work from there. You say, okay, everything that exists in reality, which is this untouched by people space is reality. And as we move further away from that ideal, then we get closer to where we currently are. So the idea is to bring ourselves back to more, a more real uh, world grounded in realism, which is closer to nature. So, so all, all this discussion of observation, because we were talking, we always talk about how we're not actually seeing, you know, the lamp in the corner. We we're seeing we our representation. Really touch, What's that? We're not touching the, we're, we're touching the atoms that are at the boundary layer. And our boundary layer atoms are touching their its boundary layer atoms. Yeah. So I mean, we're not actually touching. So there's think about all those atoms we're moving before our sense of touch even gets engaged. Yeah. So even then, so okay, so there. Let me see if I can take this. So directed real reality realism could not be built around visual cues would that mm-hmm. be accurate right anything that anything that is visually because visual cues are human right and and those they can be they can be fooled right sensory input can be changed well yes uh, but so you're if i understand right we're having to get past the sensory input problems right I think well, we have we to, that? right? I mean, I mean, otherwise, how do we define reality? Well, so how do we get past the sensory inputs? We're we're basically wired that way. I, I yeah. mean, I can't. I mean, well, not exactly. So let me. The way to get rid of the sensory inputs is to go straight mental, mm-hmm. and then you're working within the the uh, realm of ideas and theories and in conclusions, all those things that are not natural. Yeah. They're they're construct they're constructs. Right. So you have to, to get to directed reality, you have to divorce yourself from your actual your actual natural inputs and use only your mental inputs. Is that accurate? I think it sounds like you have to do that because if you don't if you use any of your you're tainted. Sen- your senses. observation is tainted. <laughs> your observation is tainted. That's right. Doesn't that sound like the forms of the, the theory of forms? That sounds like theory, theory of forms to me. But then that can't be. But then how can we have how can we have a similar experience? Like if we're both in the same room, 
we, there's no way we can have a similar experience. It's just our sensory input that is telling us we're having a, a, a similar experience. Well, so similar, I'm glad you used the word similar. The same is not, we, we never have the same experience. No. Nope. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. And, and when you, when people, when I understood that, I went, I, I don't need to apologize. I'm never going to do the same thing exactly the same anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's, I get, I get my, I get in trouble for that. <laughs> but I, you never apologize. Well, you know, I'm not really, I do apologize, but, I just, I, if I'm a learner, I'm going to say that outcome was not what I wanted. I will not do that again. There's another way to do it. Yeah. Well, isn't that, and isn't that the whole, the whole point of our being? See, uh, <laughs> why are we here? Let's ask, let's ask the big question. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's a philosopher. What, why are we here? I don't know. I always thought the reason why we were here was so that we could look for the meaning of life. And if we couldn't figure it out, have progeny so that they could figure out what the meaning of life is and then just keep going until we figure it out. And then I, one day. I like the other one. I like it. <laughs> we're here for the for the universe to discover itself. Well, have you heard about this simulation thing where, okay, we're all in a simulation, right? Yeah. And the, I've heard and the that, reason yeah. why we're in this simulation where we are right now is because we're close to the singularity. So we were purposely created to be close to the singularity. Everything, everything else, everything out there is fake. We're in a simulation and this mm -hmm. simulation has been created purposely to be close to just on the eve of the singularity. What do you think so of that? The Monte Carlo test? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think of them apples? I think, well, we, you and I talk about quantum and this is absolutely a, if we're created inside of that, they could create multiple iterations, just like we say, multiple files. Sure. I don't. I don't see if 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 one is possible, why in the other? Who's pulling the strings? That's what I want to know. Who's pulling the strings? Well, God, of course. Okay. <laughs> So that we so, so so I'm so I'm going through the Bible again. I don't remember if I was going through the Bible when, when we started this, but I was I no. already I was going through the this so, I'm, so this time I'm actually reading it. Uh, the first time I read through it, it was a, in a historical timeline. So mm -hmm. it was like this happened, then this happened, then this happened, this happened. So mm -hmm. this is I'm actually reading it the way it's put together. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean by reading it the way it's put together? I, I... Uh, the, you just have to the, read it in, like in order, or yeah, in order or, from Genesis to to um, Revelation. And you're reading but it from in, a. In the, go ahead. No, you're reading it from what? From what? Like at what? From what perspective? From Genesis one all the way through. Okay, starting okay, at the beginning. The first, uh, the first one was somebody who looked at it and said, "Okay, these things, the timelines were close together, and this may have happened before this one, so that." it kind of puts it into a historical context mm -hmm. roughly. I mean, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of problems with that, but anyway, because a lot of it's not historical. It's, it's, um, it's basically poetry, basically mm -hmm. at some, at some level, it's basically poetry or dra dramatized um, history. Mm. Um, and I was bringing all this to a point for a reason that I totally have forgotten. <laughs> well, we were talking about real, uh, being in a simulation. Well, so there's, there's going back to that. So there's multiple. So let's say that there's a, there's multiple, multiple matrices. Mm -hmm. Have you watched the new one, by the way? Yeah, it's okay. That's okay. That's what I thought too. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, somebody made a lot of money. <laughs> but it wasn't nearly as groundbreaking as the first couple were. Well, I couldn't figure out what they were trying to do. It seemed like a, a sort of like a mishmash. There was no central theme to the thing. There was so much, too much callback to the to the older one. It's just, well, that's just like Star Wars: The Force Awakens, or whatever. Yeah. It was. Why do they have to? They, they, it's the same. The same thing. Everything's getting ruined, man. <laughs> well, uh, so it's that Larry Fink again, guy. It's all his fault. <laughs> it's the, the architect, man. It's the, <laughs> 
they re they redid the architect. He was like a build, major villain. I didn't get him as a major villain the first time through. He was uh, he wasn't a villain the first time. No, I know. He wasn't a villain but, the first time. The architect is never the been. villain. <laughs> hmm? The architect is not the villain. The the architect is above good and evil. Yes, but in in the last one, he is he is a major villain. Mm-hmm. So, well, what does that tell you about the Wach- about uh, the Wachowski who made it? What what's her his her thoughts on uh, <laughs> where the architect fits in the whole simulation? Right. Well, they went yeah, from being I, neutral in the last set of movies to being very evil. I I don't know that he was neutral either, but uh, but I never got that he was malevolent. Maybe that's the word I should. Yeah, use. yeah. Um, he was just kind of he was the he was a for better lack of a better word scientific. Science, yeah. Well, what's the point guy. of the human race? I mean, they used the human race as uh, to, to generate power, right? It wasn't the story. It wasn't the backstory of Matrix. Is that we destroyed the, we destroyed the plant ozone layer. So, the there was no there was it was all cloudy. There was no sun. So they decided let's use humans for battery power. Isn't that the, the Matrix backstory? Decided that right. Yeah, the machine said, "Hey, we need power. Uh, let's use humans, and keep them keep them in the Matrix so that they stay happy." Well, we could be in the maze. So that, that's one. That's one of those mind twists that I went. Hmm. You know, it's. I guess it's been floating around in science fiction for a long time. But it's when they when it first came out, I went. Hmm. So well, this there's... is. A, this, there were so many philosophies crammed into that movie where they intersect. Well, the thing that is this an ex- another example of of sort of like reality telling us what reality is really like you know kind of well, like we were talking about about those secret societies having right like they're, actually they tell us what they're doing to us they're telling us what they're doing through film or through entertainment they're telling us what they're doing through there through is a lot media. of believe that yes i i if that's if they are in that mindset if they're in that satanistic, satanistic world where they have to tell us what they're doing i don't even understand why why is that I mean, why is that a rule for them that they have to tell us? They don't have to tell us directly. Uh, like, I'm, hey, uh, tomorrow I'm going to blast you with a blaster yeah. six times, and you're going to die when I hit you with the seventh one. Yeah. You know, that, that that would be directly telling me. But they're they're giving me like a heads up. So this so this is like foreshadowing. Yeah. In a, in a so they're foreshadowing what they're going to do. Hmm. Well, they're not just foreshadowing. They they also they have this need. I think we talked about this before. They have this need to to tell everyone what they're doing, but they have to couch it in in myth and legend and entertainment to make you Symbol. think that it's not actually happening. Yeah, and symbolism. Yeah, yeah and the, I think the, that's what that's what was so powerful about the first Matrix movie is that is that were the Wachowskis actually revealing part of what reality is actually like inadvertently i don't i are are um are are with intent yeah uh, because you're kind of you're kind of hitting on what's uh, what's his name oh stanley kubrick yeah the same thing with eyes wide open have you watched that movie uh i i watched a little bit of it I didn't watch the whole thing through. Should I watch it? Should I watch the whole thing? I, I don't know that I want to tell you that because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, it's it's about a Satanistic cult, mm-hmm. and there there are people who think that he he was exposing the way things are that we don't know about. These right. cults are they're operating. We don't know about them, and we're the prey. So that's the that's the thing. And then within a few months after he completed this thing, he was dead. Mm-hmm. So he, he's tied into a, not only that one, but he's also tied into the NASA as a hoax thing, too. He well, was isn't the that the same thing that happened to Joan Rivers? She revealed the truth. She revealed the truth. Yeah, she revealed the truth. They didn't kill her. I, uh, so, okay, you're thinking she's dead, right? Mm-hmm. There is so this is this is another one's rabbit holes. She's dead. 
we were told she's dead, but they think that what they did is they did some like reconstructive surgery on her and took her off, took her off. Um, really? Took her out. Yeah. Uh, and you can find stuff like this on, on YouTube or BitChute. I forget which one. And it, it's freaky. I mean, it is real freaky. She's not dead. What? So think, uh, kind of think about this. As as these people go through and they're and they're they're being used up, mm-hmm. and they, maybe they get arrogant or something like she did and told the truth, told a truth. We're not sure if it's a truth, but I can tell you, there's a lot of people who believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for her to and the, and they were might they might have used her to leak that truth. And they say, okay, well, she's her usefulness to us is gone. We got to take her out, not necessarily kill her, but we got to take her off the off the off the uh, fame or the uh, red carpet. Mm-hmm. However, you want to take her out of the public eye. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Right. So she's not really dead. No. Hmm. It's a, so you so you can find stuff about that, and so you run into the same thing with. So, so there are several things. So, things, so use her and leverage that with Elvis and Prince and Michael Jackson and who else? Who were like we're talking about super superstars? Mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, maybe. I'm I'm not sure about that. That goes back a little bit far. I'm not I'm not I wasn't ever that much into Hendrix anyway. So I don't I don't know it. I just kind of know him as second second hand. I don't. I wasn't a fan, so I didn't know him. Um, but at a certain level, they get. Let's say that they get so famous that they become a threat, mm. and they have to take them. Either they're so famous that they're if they don't take themselves off the stage, then the cabal is going to assassinate them with a with the red tie around the doorknob, mm. or they commit some kind of some kind of drug-induced coma thing. I'm, and think about this. So Elvis was drug, Prince with drug, Michael Jackson was with drugs. Yeah. Um, Joan Rivers was on a surgeon, but it was a misapplication of anesthesia or something like that. So, I mean, it's like, and there seems to be like none of these have autopsies. Hmm. I th- I'm not sure whether Elvis had an autopsy, but I don't think Jackson did. I, I know Prince didn't seem to have an autopsy. I thought he did. They found like well, a lot of pain medication. Well, we were told they found a lot of pain medication in him. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We, we were, were told, told a lot. This. Yeah. <laughs> So, so this even goes to. If we just go by what we've been told, you know, we've been told a lot of things. We've been can't believe a damn thing. Bunch of stuff, and we, and sometimes we 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 we're like the fish, and this is bait, and we're gonna swallow it. And sometimes it goes. That doesn't make any sense. And I was just saying that Anton Anton Scalia, that one makes no sense. Yeah. When you look, when you start looking at it, you get like, what? No, they. He was in West Texas. He was killed, and they and they cremated his body before they could do an autopsy on him. Well, that Supreme was obviously Court a Hillary Dutch. thing, wasn't it? That was obviously a Hillary uh, thing. Wasn't well, it? that's there's part of that, but there, there could be it could be Soros and all kinds of other stuff. I don't know. So, directed reality back to we're kind of talking <laughs> around it. As where how do you know it's an authoritative source? How do you know? I mean, this goes back to epistemology. There is no way to know because we're, we're, no. we're we are we are slaves to our senses. We're we're trapped we're trapped in our senses. You're yeah. right. But but the thing is, is that there are certain things like there is no way for us to get away from it, right? So let's say we go into the go into nature, and we see nature the way it is. We 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 look at gravity. We look at the birds. We look at trees. We look at all of this stuff, and then you go there and I go there and hundreds of people go to the same place and they see more or less the same thing, right? 
we put cameras there to record everything. And then we go back and we look at the recordings and the recordings appear to be recordings of that place, right? Mm -hmm. So, so far, all evidence has been that this is reality or this, re this place exists in some way, right? Okay. So we all agree that that is reality. And then it, we go from there. We go like, how can we all agree that that is reality? There's no way to get away from the, the evidence of our senses, right? Because even the thing that we've recorded, there's no one who can ind independently look at that thing and say, this is real. I mean, we can't even get our AIs to do it because our AIs are programmed by us, right? Well, yeah. Everything At a middle is, level, they're programmed by other AIs. But... Everything so... is human-centric. There's no way for us to get away from it. So should we just stop talking about all this stuff and just give up on it and go, listen, what I see and what you see and what we hear and what we feel, that pretty much is our reality. If there's something underneath it that's not reality, then... We don't even call it reality. This is reality. So you're going with the surface level is reality. Yes. There's nothing There's nothing behind that. It's kind of like Ayn Rand's A is A, right? It's like, let's talk about things being what they are. Which is my very first question. I like Ayn Rand. My very <laughs> first question is, is, how do you know who says they are what they are? Who says that? Well, who tells you that's what it is? You, it's observational. And, and, Your senses have to no, no, line so up. You can, so you can't you can't say we're going to observe it because you're you've been trained to observe and see things that somebody else has told you to see in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Right. So your perspective, if you were, if we were able, if we were theoretically able to shift the perspective by one nanometer. Would we see a different world? We don't know that. I know because, because we can't. How can well, we? Like we're talking about, we're talking about things that don't, that aren't possible, that don't exist, right? Or we don't know how to do it. Yeah, they may exist. We just don't know it. Yeah, because to shift in, to shift in, in and out of dimensions, you know, which is kind of where it seems they're kind of getting away from outer space and going into inner dimensions. Yeah. And that that appeals to me. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why it appeals to me, but you know, there was like a science. Maybe you're tired story. of the dimension that we're in. <laughs> you want oh, a new well. dimension. <laughs> yeah, I want a dimension. I want a dimension that's got a girlfriend. That'd be okay. <laughs> the dimension where you have a girlfriend. <laughs> well, there are multiple. Well, say we're talking about multiple realities, right? We're talking about a multiverse. We're talking about many, 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 many universes all converging all at the same time. We, we just have these, our universes just happen to be converging at the exact same moment, right? So, For us to so be on this, on this actual uh, call. This, this reminds me of, of, a, of a true thing is somebody on Mac stole my picture and some of my description. Mm -hmm. And we're out there doing it. And a friend of mine from Atlanta Found, found this guy and said, this is not him. She knew me. Yeah. And so she lets me know. I go in there and I'm I'd be damn pissed if this guy's getting more action than I am. <laughs> well, you just... <laughs> wait, you, you, you use his own, you, you go up there and you look at his, if he is. Well, if I could have seen the results he was getting, I'd say, oh, <laughs> this is like an A-B test. This is an A-B test, him and me. So if he's doing better, I need to be like, well, well why don't you do that? Do the I mean, is, is it possible to do that on dating apps? Can you actually create multiple profiles of yourself? Oh, and, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And then just see which one, which one does the best and then, and then well, hone you, it. So you can't do it on the same platform, but you absolutely. You, yeah, I'm, I, I went in years, oh, many years ago, like 20 years ago. I went in and created a profile using a, a, a Russian uh, dating site. There was a girl that I went, oh, okay, she was attractive. She's not just supermodel gorgeous, but she's pretty enough. She's going to get attention. To mm -hmm. so find out what my competition, my competition was, this is, this is a competitive research. Go in, put a fake profile of a girl up to see what other guys are doing. And I mm -hmm. was shocked. I was shocked. 
Most, most of them, most of the, uh, it, I didn't do a scientific study, but most of them would go, they just send her phone number. That was mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. No, nothing. Hi, how are you doing? You know, beautiful picture, none of that stuff. Yeah. Phone number. Yep. They're just playing, they're just playing the numbers game. Yep. Hey, that might be, do. that might be a way to do it. <laughs> no. Well, that's not so, oh, oh so, but they, they had the profile. They had their own profile up there, though, didn't they? Didn't they have their own profile? Like the, the people who were sending the numbers, they did have their own profiles. Well, how do I know? I mean, it could be it could be a catfish for all I know. Right. Um, and I, I'm sure I've <laughs> ran across those at least two or three times that I know of. Oh, um, man. What I was, there's a guy on YouTube called his, his channel is called a uh, better bachelor. Mm-hmm. And he, so, so he, he brought this up the other day is, do you know about Bumble? Uh, I've heard you know about it. Tinder, but Bum, Bum, so Bumble is where the women have the control. You, right. you cannot, we, as a guy, we cannot. You mean like in real life? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I don't have a girlfriend. How do I know? <laughs> Well, you know, I told you that, that that's my theory is that why a lot of guys are going trans, right? A lot of a lot of boys are going trans. You, no. you've, heard, you've heard of the, you've heard of my trans theory, right? No, I haven't heard this. Go. Okay. Okay. So um, Milo Yiannopoulos was saying something like this a little while back. He was saying that that uh, masculinity, maleness, men mm-hmm. being a masculine heterosexual male is on is under attack. Right. right? It's like what you're told almost from the moment you're born, you're horrible, you're awful, you're part of the patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. You're bad. You are bad. You're a man and you're heterosexual and you're bad. You're bad, 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 bad. So after years and years and years of being told you're bad and seeing all these women in positions of power, you're probably going to think to yourself, you know what? Maybe I should be like that. Maybe, maybe there's a way for me to be like that. I could become, I could become a trans woman. I could, I could put myself in that position, and maybe I'll have more power, and maybe oh, I'll have definitely more. Definitely going to get more power. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that I think, and this is this is just a theory, is that a lot of the reasons why there's all these trans women out there is because they're seeing where the power is now, and are have been constantly told that men are awful. So they don't want to be men anymore. They don't want to be guys anymore. And they don't just want to act. They don't just, they want to actually transform themselves into women. Right. And some of them are doing it. Some of them are doing it because they've got no self-esteem and some of them are doing it because they want to get something out of it. Like for example, the ones who are in sports. Right. And they're like, they're crushing the female competitors. I can't, I can't understand why. You know, more feminist movements are doing something about that. that, uh, that that's a that's a that's a mind blower right there. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing. That's the other thing I was talking about the other day. It's like, it's like women's rights, right? Where are the women's rights people when it comes to trans rights and Muslims, right? The, the you know the Islamic faith puts women in a subservient position. Trans women, you know, are not real women biologically. But where are the women's rights folks? Are they agreeing with this? How can you have them all under the same tent? I think they're so. I think they're caught. <laughs> I don't get it. Caught. They're caught in a conundrum. I really yeah. do think that. But yeah, because I'm not hearing. I think I think you've highlighted it correctly. And it's just it's just. But it, it goes. So now I'm thinking about it. It goes to tearing down the hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not. It's not replacing it with so okay so let, let's look at it a little bit differently I well think. i mean nowadays maybe, maybe women the are at the top of the hierarchy aren't they they are but they're suddenly going back to intersectionality who's got more power trans a trans i'm not even sure how to say it. trans a women trans woman yeah a trans woman is was a, a male as a biological male okay. who's who who is acting like a woman because he has more power than the biological woman, right? So he is the so he's or appears appears her. to have more power. Appears well, to have more power. If you uh, appearance and in reality, those are about the same on that one. 
Well, I mean, think about it. You've got these heterosexual males who have been told all their lives that they're that they're shit and males are bad and heterosexuality is bad. And, you know, they're they're of course going to be, especially if they're really malleable, of course that's gonna drive them over the edge and well, want them to be women. I think there there there's there could be some self-interest in this going on. Yeah. Um oh totally. Totally. Well, I mean, isn't that why we do things? Isn't that why we do things? Is because of self-interest? Isn't that the number one reason why we do anything? Is is self-interest? I don't think they see the self-interest thing. I I think, particularly the the ones that are not in sports, Mm. they're they're going trans because it's cool. It's a cool thing to do, and they. Oh, you think so? I I think it's, I think it's um, a cool thing to do currently. It'll be it's a it's a trend. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine this thing is gonna. The one I'm thinking about going back to years ago, there was a commercial where you, the sex of the kid was ambivalent until the end, where the white the the mother comes in and says, "Okay, son, enjoy the party tonight." And he's dressed like in a skirt and yep. got yep. safety pants. He's wearing yep. black. Yeah, and you couldn't tell it was a girl or a guy. Yeah, you remember the one? Do you remember yeah. this thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, that's interesting that they do it that way. They bring, you know, like a commercial. And I'm like, this is not a. I can't imagine there's a target audience that big for them to put that commercial out there. Well, no, because they're trying. They're trying to they change created, the narrative. They were creating an audience. They were creating the audience. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of this is they're. This goes back to Hegelian dialectic. They're creating something and they have something to replace it underneath. So let me, that, I need to think about that. Well, what are they trying to replace it with? The new world order. <laughs> okay, so we have only a few minutes left, but I want to talk about the protests. So we, we started talking about the honking yep. and all that stuff. And I'm thinking about these protests, and I'm thinking about January 6th, and I'm thinking about you know all of these, and and it's all really laudable. You know, I love the fact that they're out there protesting, and it's great because free speech, right? It's fantastic. I love I love that this stuff is kind of stuff is going on, yeah. but to what end? To what end? Because none of these protests seem to make any kind of difference. Well, mo- so right? okay. Is it because is it because I mean look at look at the BLM protests on the one side and look at the trucker protests and the January sixth protests on the other side. It's like it seems like there's one will 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 force the state to do something and the other one they ignore. Why is that? I I mean, are any protests on our side actually going to do a damn thing, or is it all just pissing in the wind? I'm trying to think. Let me think of a conservative protest. I mean, have any of them actually let? The, because it makes it, it gets to me. And we were talking about the you know elections being fraudulent and stuff like that. And everyone says, "Well, this is how you show you you know you you get out there and vote, right?" But getting out there and voting does nothing, right? Right. Protesting does nothing. It's like the state is all powerful now. It can run roughshod over everybody. It doesn't matter what, I mean, all these protesters in Ottawa, Trudeau just flies off to Germany or something like that, or he's in his summer house or whatever, and he doesn't care. He doesn't meet with them. He doesn't give a shit. And it's the same with all of these, all of these governments. They run roughshod over everybody. They don't care about anyone anymore. Protests mean nothing to them. How do we get the protests to mean something to them? Or can, it, will, will it ever mean anything to them anymore? I mean, are we, so are we beyond there, that? There's one additional thing to throw into the mix okay. that hasn't come up yet, and that's okay. to create a martyr. Mm. You think martyrdom is actually going to make a damn diff- bit of difference? <laughs> I, I, think, I think people will think that it does. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I think it has to be a, a natural thing. I think, personally... I think the Ashley Babbitt thing was to create a martyr. Right. And they were going to use it, but I don't think it worked the way they wanted it to. Oh, it totally uh, backfired and, on them. Totally backfired. And, and I, let's see, I think this is a bit shoot. Have, I, have you seen this? Have you seen the bit shoot thing where um, they they go, go through and they've taken multiple cameras 
uh, multiple uh, videos and put them together in a timeline. No. Have you seen that thing? No. I'll, I'll see if I can find it and send it to you on Telegram. Um, because they they sh they show that that what we were told and what was going on is not exactly the same thing, which you and I both believe anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so back to are they going to do anything? So like, do the protest? Can the protest? What kind of protest do we need to have for something to ha to work? Well, so I think it needs to increase. I, I don't. I don't think it could be limited to Canada. And it, so mine, what mine is, is because they're, they're talking about the American truckers getting ready to do the same thing. I'm like, wait two weeks and do it at the Super Bowl, dude. Don't go to DC. It's it's useless there. Do mm -hmm. it at the Super Bowl. It will blow up. Well, the, so I, I think this came out on Patriots last night. It's the, the Super Bowl. Are you crazy, man? You're sending these people to the hood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because the hood, the, the Rams have all this game support and all this kind of stuff. I said, you know, you could shut down the Super Bowl, but, but you don't have to go to the neighborhood. There's enough trucks showing in Canada. All they have to do is line up around on one, one of the um, – uh, one of the circular interstate highways, like oh, yeah. 35 or something like that, or, or 820, something that would just block off. Like, yep. I'm in the way I'm thinking about this is uh, Escape from LA with uh, Kurt, Kurt, um, what's his name? Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Snake. So just you just put them in there, they're all contained, and then you barricade the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that'll that'll definitely do something. You know, and you're not putting yourself in danger, but you're certainly putting you're magnifying that they cannot do what they want to do. So that'd be a very interesting. But look thing at what's happening. Way. But look at what's happening. This is the but this is the thing that's driving me crazy. Is that you've got this trucker thing going on in Ottawa. It, the Ottawa mm -hmm. is still being locked down. You still have truckers there. They say they could be there for a long time based on how much money they're raising. Right. What's to stop them? And they're already doing this to false flag something into existence oh, where yeah, they can uh, just yeah. blow something up and say, look, the truckers did this and turn public opinion against them. I don't put the state above doing any of that stuff anymore. I mean, what's happened to Western governments? Why are they so damn corrupt now that they could they could do they could pull this kind of shit? I mean, is it That's because the of the influence of China? I mean, what is the it? The most addictive thing to humans is power. Right. So they can, so they'll do cocaine. whatever the hell they want. Pro, you know, it doesn't matter how we protest. They can't lose it. Yeah. Because yeah. when they do, when you fall from power, yeah. bad things happen. I mean, really bad things happen. Yeah, so they're, they're never going to they're never gonna give up on this. So protests are for nothing. Voting is for nothing. All of this stuff uh, is for nothing. Doom, doom, oh, doom. There you go with your black pill stuff. <laughs> um, you had to get it in there somehow or another. I just, <laughs> um. No, I mean, how, how do we, if protesting doesn't work, because this is what I was thinking, I was thinking, I love this protest. I love what they're doing. It's a great idea. I think shutting everything down and, and the honking and all that stuff, I think it's all great. But to what end? How do we get the state to actually listen to us and change? Will it ever happen? Because you're right, they're never going to give up the power. So they're yeah, never going so, to, how can let we me, make life so better? Let me think, well, let me think about this. Um, in the one, like two minutes we have left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they so they need a, they need a crystallizing they need a crystallizing voice. They actually mm. need a crystallizing message. Mm. Um, it's not enough. It's not. I don't believe it's enough to be against something. You actually have to be for something. Well, they are. They're for lifting all of the COVID mandates, just like what happened yeah, in the but UK. See, but that's against. You're against government policy. You need to have something that's your own that people can gravitate to. You don't think um, people can gravitate to a message of going back to normal? No. First of all, I don't think anybody thinks that we're going to go back to normal. I, I, don't, I personally don't think that's going to happen. So. Uh, normal. I mean, normal. I, I don't think. I don't think we'll get back to normal the way it was because it's always changing anyway. Um, 
but these guys, so they need they need a transcendent or, or transformational message. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not going to do things. We're yes, we're protesting this, but we have something better that we would rather use. And some of that would be um, some of the some of what we think of as democracy is it's 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 corrupted. Mm-hmm. And so, have you run across the quantum, the quantum financial system? Have you run across this thing? No, but I have to research that and talk about it next week because I got to go. <laughs> okay, bye. Quantum financial system. I'll look. It, yeah. I'll look it up. Thank you, sir. Right, bye. Talk to you later. Bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.